This episode of Inspiration Point is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to send our thanks out to our patrons, Kate Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Logan, Punching Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another weekly episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. It's been a good time. A lot of little changes in the air. Ooh, a lot of changes in the air. A lot of changes. I've been talking a lot about change lately. Oh, yeah? That's uh, right. You you do have some kids that are reaching the, the teen years, so I figure that's probably a conversation you've been having a lot. You know, things have been all right on that front. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to bring up like, hey, do you want to ever talk about this subject? And they're like, I definitely do not. <laughs> and like, uh, very good. Very good. Uh, on we go. Don't ever say I didn't ask. <laughs> but I did ask. <laughs> I attempted to give you a healthy upbringing, but we can just avoid talking about anything uncomfortable. That's totally fine. Hey, dads have done that for, you know, how many generations and it's worked out fine, right? Has it worked out fine? Has it really? Uh, No, Uh, we have survived. Well, we'll say that much. We have survived. And that is the name of the game when it comes to being a biological organism. Yeah, especially, especially these past couple of years you know it, it feels like it feels like survival day by day even for us in our modern society is uh actually becoming more and more of a notable achievement uh yeah well i mean as far as disasters go and life-threatening illnesses you know we're really it's really not so bad i mean yes a lot of people have died but uh you know it's not uh <laughs> the black plague you know yeah you know a bunch of people have died but you know is it really so bad is it really it is horrible for anyone that that has affected and i'm very sorry about that but um true at the same time i i guess i just try to look at things optimistically and you know i i just think we i think humankind in the modern age has a lot going for it. And I think that's certainly worth remembering. That's very true. That's very true. That is, that is an optimistic perspective, but not, uh, not an unfounded one. I don't. It's also very popular these days to talk about how terrible everything is. I find the whole exercise very, uh, you know, fatiguing. It's, it's, um, tiresome. It is, it is, you know, that's one of the things I like about our show is, is we, we kind of get away from them. From all the negativity. Speaking of, of feelings, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I just uh, had a had a little bit of a a trying evening getting the kids to bed, but you know that's par for the course with being a oh, being yeah. a parent. You know, sometimes mo- 
I have been blessed with two wonderful kids. Uh, yes, who, you have. You know, thank you. And yeah, um, they're real good kids. 99.9% of the time it's smooth sailing, but you know, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. are, they are human children um, to the best of my knowledge. And yes. they, yes. Uh, you know, they're not perfect all the time and had a, had a little, you know, the, the kiddos put me through the ringer a little bit tonight, but that's okay. You know, they're, they're three and five. So, you know, you can only, you can only demand so much of them. But, uh, apart from that, um, things have been good. You know, I've been doing a little bit of proofreading. I've been doing a little bit of design for my upcoming book. Um, uh, same busy. Yeah. Yeah. Same busy. Well, and I think that's part of the difficulty for the little ones, right? Because, I mean, they they don't have this issue and yeah. they you ship them off to school, they come home and then they do their thing, you know, and and they want to just interact with you so much. They want to be with yeah. and like kids want quality time, like even they don't understand how much they want that, you know, yeah. and, and you are thinking about all the hundred things you need to do every day. Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult to say you know, our time has to be very compartmentalized and, and limited in order for the day to, to run. Yeah. And, so, and of course they will do everything they can to procrastinate the hour of bedtime. Yeah. Everything yeah. that they can, you know, and, and uh, you know, I work with teenagers all the time and they will do everything that they can to avoid working and to avoid, you know, any sort of inconvenience or, or disappointment. Well, shoot. Um, I mean, for that matter, how many adults do you know who oh, certainly. still procrastinate like, you know, like there's definitely a tomorrow. You um, know, you, you, you want to see an adult fly off the handle, just drive in front of them. <laughs> oh, totally. Just, you know, cut half a second out of their commute. You know, or add add half a second into their commute, and uh, and you will see a transformation from from Jekyll into Hyde. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean seriously, it, like I remember having this conversation uh, with you in college. It's like, at, what would have to be removed from from like the uh, what stops you from just being a terrible person? Mm, like, yeah. you know, what, what stops you from, you know, somebody just treats you like garbage on the road, you know, apart from maybe valuing your vehicle. Like, you know, there's a certain part of us that, you know, that little voice in our head that says, uh, uh, uh. You know, that's not how we behave. That's not how we behave. That's right. And it's like, you know, if, if there weren't rules, if there wasn't, you know, morality and all this stuff, you know, you could definitely see how people could just be complete monsters. Um, so, well, that is a very deep question. And I think it's beyond uh, my, my pay grade to answer. Well, and uh, I think it's also probably beyond <laughs> the scope of this podcast. Most likely, yes. But it is <laughs> a very interesting question that we could certainly have 
D&D villains pose to players through their wicked plots. Yeah, that's that's very true. Although, In fact, I, I love to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do love to do that. You definitely love to do that. Because what's great about that is that I never actually have to provide an answer either. Right. I, I can just I, I, you just present the villain's argument and then you go, well, you know, deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hate it. <laughs> and like, is your is your answer right or wrong? Who knows? But, you know, he only has so many hit points. So <laughs> we're not here for answers. We're here for headaches. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you can yeah. decide whether or not killing him or beating him in the argument is is more important. Mm. Well, I mean, that's and that's what uh, initially always gave me that uh, that problem where any time your your villain would start talking, I would just immediately shut him down. (laughs) You just be like, (laughs) because like I had always been told, like, you don't don't let them monologue. You don't make deals with demons you don't talk to devils the instant they open their mouths that's when you lose so i'm like i'm like shut them down like and and then you're like but like bro i like wrote this awesome monologue you like Mm -hmm. totally squash it and i'm like oh also you know if you uh (laughs) always shut down the conversation of anyone that is trying to challenge your beliefs then your faith is probably pretty weak. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like this is yet another thing that, <laughs> <laughs> that is beyond the scope. <laughs> hmm. You know, I sometimes I, I'm like, and now it is your floor to state your piece. And you're just like, mm-hmm. I cast spirit guardians. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't have, I don't have a piece to speak. Um, My piece is, you're a bad guy, so it's time to go. <laughs> That's right. But how do you know I'm the bad guy if you're unwilling to examine the morality of my claims? Because you just have to trust your gut. <laughs> because on my sheet, it says lawful good. And <laughs> we're fighting. Right. And therefore... <laughs> This is why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask questions. You know, you look through like the supplement books. They never really get into like the core philosophy of most of these bad guys. You know, they mostly go like, oh, this person's motivated by they want this thing. Um, Or in or in Imerith's case from um, Storm King's Thunder, it's never actually clearly defined. (laughs) Oh my God, really? And then she did the bad thing, and then she does the bad thing, and why? I don't know. Who cares? Anyway, (laughs) D&D. You know, and sometimes it's nice to just be able to hand wave things and not have this, you know, brain bending moral conundrum. Mm. Um, But that actually. I think kind of brings me to my topic for this evening. Ah, yes. Um, And, you know, thinking about what you've mentioned about, Mm. you know, having these campaigns with these villains who pose these interesting questions and 
um, usually with these big campaigns, you have a lot of time to get to know these yes. villains or at least learn about them and getting things to know like you. that. But for my topic tonight, I'd actually like to talk about the exact opposite. <laughs> and that what a is, great lead in. Right. Speaking of that, <laughs> let's talk let's about talk. the other thing. <laughs> all right. We're all I, waiting, man. What is I'd it? L- I'd like to talk about one shots doing. How is that? How is that the opposite of deep questions? No, it's the opposite of the situation. You typically you have these big, deep questions oh, and these I philosophies see. that require having a long running campaign or something that takes place over multiple right. sessions. OK, OK. But now we're talking about, OK, we got a one shot to run. OK, we got a one shot. And okay. I I was just in a one shot this past weekend that was uh, run by Dragna Carta, and it was called Strahd Must Die Tonight that yeah. basically boiled down the um, the core pieces of the Curse of Strahd campaign, meaning like the uh, Taroka items and stuff like that. You get thrown into Ravenloft at the get-go. Strahd himself basically gives you four hours in real lifetime to explore Ravenloft itself. And once the fourth hour strikes, he shows up and it's go time. And that's the session. It's the whole thing. So you make characters... Or, you know, I could see people doing this with uh, with pre-gens, too. Um, and you basically try to get as much stuff as you can, find out as much stuff as you can, and then have your big showdown with the big bad. Um, yeah. And it's this really nice kind of... I haven't played in many one-shots, but it made me realize that it's it's got this great... A way of just kind of being this bite-sized experience where you don't have to think about what's coming next week. You don't have to think about what happened last time. It's like, we're here to play a game tonight, and that's what we're going to do. And whatever happens tonight is, that's the game. So, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the, what are some of the best uh i guess uses for doing a one shot why might a gm want to run a one shot instead of running a uh a mini campaign or a full-blown campaign yeah uh that's a great question i think you know first of all i do prefer the mini campaign uh versus the one shot but i will also say that for the one shot the best part, of course, is the non-commitment. The, yes. you know, sometimes we're also trying to figure out who we want to play with. Let's say, let's say you move or mm. your your group of friends dissolves. Like, you know, Joey gets a, a new job. It's going to take him away from the time. The only sure. reason why Frank was here was because Joey was and Joey's wife's now gone. 
And mm. now what do you do? Right. Or you got a new job, you moved states, you know, now you got to set right. up your, your new group, you know, going to the game store and advertising that like you're willing to run a one shot. That's pretty good because you don't, you have no idea who you're going to get. And yep. you, and you sit down with these people and you're going to want to probably keep a couple of them and the rest, you're probably going to want to, to let pass on. And right. so fully committing to, you know, a, a, a 24 month, you know, <laughs> campaign uh, yeah, with, with people you much. don't know. So there, there is that. The other thing is that sometimes going deep is the way to bring problems out of people. Mm. Um, you know, and familiarity breeds contempt, as they say. And right. um, all of our you know, the, the drama that we've experienced with our various groups have largely come from, you know, what I would consider to be big creative differences mm. between people that are that are passionate about the experience they're having so much right. so that it's like the Beatles breaking up. Right. Like they're getting upset because they have their their vision and someone else's in the way of that right and so i think that that just they're, they're a good way to probably cure curate your team and that's a, that's a good idea yeah and to eventually get to the point where you're going to have the right group to run that long campaign with mm. so that's a i guess that's the first answer right on I I think that's that's a great that's a great initial answer, you know, using it to kind of test the waters, you know, feel things out, assess potential groups or group members. Um, well, and how many campaigns have you been in where it fell apart after the first session anyway? You know, I don't know about about it being the first session. But mm. having it, uh, having it, let's go say three south, to four, right? Yeah, I feel like that's pretty normal. Yeah, I think most campaigns don't last very long, and there's right. a few reasons for that. So, one might be the GM realizes they can't actually put in very much time. Yeah, they're, they're like, you know what? I thought this was going to be a lot of fun, but I'm just not feeling this. This is stressing me out during the week. Right. And and this is, you know, I'm not a good fit. Um, another thing could be um, I thought I was going to be really interested in this topic. And it turns mm. out I'm not. Yeah. I wanted to run a game, let's say, based on the Elder Scrolls series. And so I built out all this stuff. We ran the first session. I was bored. Mm. It turns out I really want to do, you know, <laughs> Uh, Ponyville, right? Like, I don't know. Perfect. You want to, you want to go into a different universe. Like I, I just didn't like this. Right. Um, so creatively you can also not be sure of, of what you really want. You also might have an idea where you're like, okay, I want to do the Witcher. I want to do like a Witcher campaign where everybody, you know, is going to spend time really researching and getting to understand these monsters before the, the showdown right and then you get into that game and how many of you have read read the books or played the games like one guy okay well that's fine let me give you the the, the quick rundown and they're like okay and they're like 
half listening. And then you go, yeah. okay, let's play. And, and it is just not capturing the spirit of the Witcher. They don't, they don't get that the, the draw is to like spend time doing research and doing alchemy and stuff. Right. Like, and doing this like monster detective kind of aspect. They're like, why can't I just run up and punch it? You know, because and, they'll eat your feet. Yeah. And, and then it just turns out they're not that into it. And you're like, wow, I think I would like a Witcher campaign, but not with these guys. Right. Well, so, and that, yeah. you know, and granted, this isn't, you know, the topic that we're talking about tonight, but that's that's a whole other thing, too, where, you know, what do you do when you realize, you know, the the people that are in your group are maybe not the folks that you want to play with for your next game, or maybe you want to start branching out or things like that. You know, that can be a very, it can be a very uh, emotionally difficult thing to, to do, you know, like, like you mentioned with the uh, example of the Beatles breaking up, like, especially if it's been a group of, buddies that you've had for a long time if you're if you need to move on or sometimes even if you just maybe want to move on that can be a very difficult thing to even begin to think about approaching um without you know with trying to make sure you know people's feelings don't get hurt or um you know trying to maintain those relationships that, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, people talk about how D and D or role-playing games in general have been one of the main ways that they've found and made friends. Um, what happens when, you know, you, for whatever reason, you decide that you need to branch out outside of that group of friends. Um, so, you know, maybe that's, I think that's maybe a topic for another time, if anything, but, you know, it just, uh, it just struck me that the, the one shot is like dating, right? Yes. It's, it's really, it's like the speed dating of, of D and D right. And like the, the long form campaign is, is a long-term relationship or even a marriage, you know, yeah. and you really shouldn't marry the first person you meet. Right. So that's, it's, it's <laughs> that you'd be, you'd have to be pretty lucky. There are a lot of parallels. There are yeah, a lot there, of there, parallels. There's some parallels. So, you know, it's, it's a good way to, to ease on down the road. It's also, you know, I, th- I think a way to, to get to know if you can really even handle this as a regular thing, that's you know, true. or if you, let's say another thing that, uh, that I often do with it is it's how I introduce you know, D and D to you. Right. So if people are like, Hey, I've heard a lot about this. I've, I've heard a lot about critical role or whatever, and I want to play the game, but I've never done it before. I bet you it'd be fun. That sounds like a blast. It's like, right. right, Just understand this is not a video game. And this is the most complex board game you'll probably ever play. So let's, let's try it. And let's do it. And then they can go, wow, that was really interesting. Right. Um, I don't know if I want to commit to that once a week or once every sure. couple of weeks. So it's 
it's just good for trying ideas, trying groups, trying people and trying right. the hobby itself. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Um, I, I actually have, you know, as is usual with like got a list. any topic I do. Yeah. I got a list. Um, so some of the, the things that I add down for why folks might, uh, or what a one shop might be good for. Um, like you mentioned idea testing. So like if you have character builds or, um, you know, if you're, if you're the GM who's, uh, running the game, it might be like mechanical ideas or trying to test like homebrew stuff. Uh, if you've come up with, Oh yeah, that's certain little ideas like that. Much Let's better. try my new crafting system. Right. right. Try it in a in a one shot where mm-hmm. you can let folks know right off the bat this one shot is being run to try to use this system. So please try to use this system during the game tonight so we can see how it works. And it right. lets you kind of have a much more tailored sort of experience. Um, which can be really nice because you can focus things in a, in a way that you can't really do so much with an ongoing campaign, um, unless you're railroading super hard, but with, you know, with a one shot, you kind of expect a bit of railroading. Um, another thing that I've seen happen recently, actually, um, you know, Spike has been running an online um, ongoing game for me in a group. And mm-hmm. I, you know, he just needed a break. He needed a break from that storyline and from what we were doing. And he was like, let's play a different game, you know? Yeah. And we did that for a couple of weeks. So, you know, it was, What'd I think it was, it, it was meant to be a one shot. And I think it just, we didn't really get through enough mm-hmm. in that first session. Um, and so we, we ended up playing, it like twice and then we also had like a learn how to make your character weak um we were, we played alternity ooh um where uh it's, not heard it, of that. It, it's one of the roll under systems ooh neat um and it's science fiction nice uh in our case the the theme of the game was basically more like an x-files Ooh, kind, ooh. kind of thing, uh, you know, maybe, you know, it probably has a little bit in common with like Cthulhu and World of Darkness and stuff like that. Maybe um, throw some it, fringe in there. Yeah. So it's a roller roll down system. So like when, you know, when your stat is high, you're rolling a D20 and trying to get under that number yep. to get a success. But it also has uh, degrees of success. Right. So like if you were really low, like within a certain range it's mm-hmm. you know essentially a, a, an outstanding success or a modest success or something like that that's actually how a nominate does it too yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, there's a few systems out there that do that do roll unders um also like how D has advantage and disadvantage um it awards uh bonus and penalty dice nice um, so it might you know depending on the extremity of the situation it might be a, a d4 benefit or a D10, you know, penalty, you know. Um, so the die size sure. changes for for those situations. So it, it was it was really interesting. I don't think it's 
it, it wasn't the kind of um, setting that I would be interested in doing for a long time. But as a player, I was definitely intrigued by learning the system a little bit and nice. in doing the one shot, doing the one shot, like, you know, let's let's do a thing that's not Dungeons and Dragons for a week and, and how, take a break uh, from the main storyline. How did it feel? Oh, it was definitely different. Um, I liked it. I like, but I also liked that it was a one shot. Mm. I liked that we were going back to our other characters because I'm quite fond of my bard. Sure. And I'm quite fond of my party and, um, you know, uh, Tiana's character and my character are, are very close. Nice. And, and, you know, I'm like, I need to revisit that. I need to, to have that again. Um, so I'm, so I'm very, I very much enjoyed both games, but I'm, I'm definitely much more emotionally invested in one of them. Let's say. Sure. Do you think that that might have changed had you been more familiar with the system and or had more time with it to be able to kind of build up yeah, that I mean, familiarity and connection? The, the I, system I feel wasn't like comparing, an issue. Uh, I feel like comparing the, the experience that you would get from a one-shot or at least like a super, super short uh, abbreviated kind of game compared to what you have in a in a currently running long-standing campaign that seems like kind of an apples and oranges situation well it, it it can be but my issue with it was definitely not the mechanical system i actually like that part quite a lot mm. um i de- you know from playing this one shot and also playing curse of strahd Mm-hmm. I've I've come to realize something about myself as a player, which um, is I like power fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to feel cool. I want to do cool guy stuff. And usually that does come in the form of combat mm. and and call me shallow. But, you know, I, I want to I want a little bit of flash and a little bit of bang. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's just that's just my taste. Sure. And, and that doesn't mean anything's wrong with any of those things. Right. And they're, and they're right. great. And part of the reason I was, I was interested in committing to curse of Strahd was to kind of get out of my own head a little bit and out of right. what I typically do. You know, the, the, the big campaign I had played in prior to that was uh, another spike game where, you know, I was playing this, you know, half work paladin. We were like on, you know, high levels. You and I were both in that campaign. Right. And, you know, we were doing wacky stuff from like riding through hell on these Harleys to freaking rad. Yeah, it was pretty rad, you know, and to the, you know, I'm riding around on a nightmare, you know, passing through different dimensions, smiting stuff for like hundreds of damage, you know, like oh, yeah. it is, it, it was the heavy metal of D and D. Right. You know, and, and, you know, it's like a big, crazy beer, you know, and sure. And then like, when you play something like this, it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit more like, Hey, we're sitting down at a nice place. Maybe don't put your feet up on the table. (laughs) Right. Right. It's a little bit, a little bit different, you know? And so I, I definitely, I like power fantasy and, that's that's my preference that I'll go to, but I'll I'll certainly do a one shot where I'm not that right. Right. So. Well, and I I think, you know, going back to that, that that's 
it is a great way to to get those new experiences without without having that huge potentially overwhelming commitment where it's like you know i don't know if alternity is going to be the system for me mm-hmm. and jump you know committing to even playing in a campaign of it I don't know if that's something that I would want to do, but I can certainly commit to an evening. And if it turns out that it that like, oh, man, this is like right up my alley, then great. But if it turns out that it was not your speed, you know, no harm, no foul. Right. Exactly. And it's a valuable learning experience. And there may be mechanics or ideas you want to take to your main game. Right. Um, And there's always something that can be that can be pulled. You know, if anything, even if whatever system you try isn't up your alley, it at least lets you explore something where you can then look back at that and at least have a better understanding of why you like what you like and or why you don't yeah, it's like a, it's, certain it, it, things. It's right? a good way to curate your own tastes and figure right. out what you what you really want, you know? Exactly. And most of the time, we're not sure really what we want. And what we really, really, really want. Really want. Yes, that's right. Um, and the second thing on my list uh, you actually uh, mentioned was that it's it can be really great for a for a new GM. A way to um, actually you hit on all of these Uh, (laughs) uh, it being good for new GMs being able to try a new genre technique or tone and being able to give longtime GMs a break Um, all those different things are Mm -hmm. great reasons to to do a one shot you know it's sort of a low pressure um, you know sampler sort of thing in a lot of ways. Uh, It can be your kind of variety pack, if you will. Um, So my second question for this topic is, and this is, this is my last uh, main question. We can, you know, dig into this as we go. Yeah. But what should a good one shot have? Okay, so that's that's the harder question, right? And this is where we we get into maybe a little bit more opinion land. Right? Yes, yes. But I but I will say that I think number one, you do want to have a good taste of what the system itself provides. Yes, um, whatever the main features are, we should do those things. If yeah. I'm doing D and D for a group for the first time and they're learning about dungeons and dragons, we are going to fight stuff. We are going to be in a dungeon. There's probably going to be a dragon or some kind of big monster that either we fight or we don't fight, but I'm going to give them the D and D classic experience. Mm. And that probably structurally means um, a quick intro with a very sort of linear story structure. Yep quickly brings us into the action. I might even just throw you into the action immediately. Yep. Um, That is going to basically be like a tutorial fight. 
that yep. is going to be really easy and is going to make you push your buttons. And then yep. there's going to be an NPC. There's going to be a tiny bit of dialogue that's going to lead you to the next encounter. Uh, that's a little bit more challenging, which is going to lead to a nice little role playing break to yep. a final confrontation. And then we are going to quickly wrap things up and say goodbye. Yep. I would 100% (laughs) agree with pretty much all of that. Um, You know, and that actually makes me think too, um, running a one shot is very similar to how uh, some of the basic rules that, or I shouldn't say rules, but um, I guess best practices for, Mm -hmm. for running a convention game. Uh, where like one of the main, I guess, don'ts that uh, that you want to do, unless you're planning on running a long session, mm-hmm. it is uh, just what you mentioned. Throw them directly into the action because yeah. the the instant that you let the players, especially if they're fresh, uh, if they have to go find the hook or figure out what they're supposed to do before they go do it, that will chew time. And typically, especially for a convention game, you're talking usually low single digit hours. Like, I typically see anywhere between one to four hours for maybe being on the high end. Um, I've seen some like six or eight hour uh, sessions that kind of get blocked out, but usually they they are shorter. So you want to make the most of that time. Um, I, I ran a convention one shot one time. Nice. How'd that go? Um, you might have even been there. Uh, was it at Dundrecon? Yeah, I was at Dundrecon, and it was like, it, I think it was back when we were in college or maybe right after. I think I um, was out of town when uh, when you did that. I have, yeah, maybe so. I have maybe been so. to Dundrecon. In fact, I actually ran my first convention game also at Dundrecon. Oh, well, there you go. So I remember I was at the convention, and this was during third edition. Mm-hmm. And I went and bought a third party book that was all about airships. Ooh. And I was like, cool, let's do an airship game. Uh-huh. Right. And, you know, I've always been pretty good about making stuff up on the fly mm-hmm. with without it being like too disjointed or boring. Sure. And yeah, we just I think I put them on the I like you have an airship. You're on the airship. We're in the air and pirates. Right. And we just, we just, boom, we just got into it. I gave them the reason uh, the the story ended up being that the guy that hired him was committing insurance fraud. (laughs) And so he meant for the whole thing to get destroyed so he could collect the the cash. Um, But the party ends up surviving, finding out and then confronting him. So, and uh, the, the epic final showdown is uh, where the, the, insurance uh, scammer tries to get away and they find him hiding under the desk at the end. Terrific. (laughs) A little bit of an anticlimactic joke ending. I think that, um, but that also strikes me that uh, 
I think one shots are a good place to do a little bit more comedy. They can yeah. be. I mean, I think they, it could you, be. You could all. I mean, honestly, the a one shot can be a can be a good uh, a good setting to or a good opportunity to run anything that's an emotional extreme. Like you could have a a, a game that focuses on like romance or kind of a rom-com sort of deal or you Mm -hmm. could go heavy heavy horror or you could go comedy or any of those where where playing in a campaign where it's just overbearingly dark and scary or something like that doing an extended campaign of that would very likely be exhausting for everybody but Oh, having yeah, it yeah. be one extreme one like game. adrenaline pumping night could be like just what the doctor ordered. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. In this campaign, you're all sentient Muppets. So come up with a great pun for a name, you know, and that needs to be a campaign. Right. Like, let's just let's try that. Sentient you know? Muppets. I am down. Sentient Muppets. In fact, Everybody, uh, here's a free program I found on the internet. Uh, go design your Muppet portrait really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then put that for your token and roll 20, you know. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. I, I've said it before on this show. One of the campaigns I would like to run is based on Highlander. <laughs> and I just don't think, <laughs> I think I'm the only one that I know that wants to fully commit to Highlander, right? You know, but I think I could get my friends to tolerate me for, you know, four to six hours. Oh, sure. If it, if you were like, bro, I want to run a Highlander campaign. I'd be first. I'd be like, how? Second, I'd be like, uh, yeah, it's, it never really has been like a team show that much. Yeah. You know? Um, but you could, you could. You could. I mean, if you if you if you recanonize the second movie, it's a little bit more plausible. <laughs> that's also the worst movie. I was so. going to say, I've only watched the first one. Good. The first one's the best one easily um, by a mile. Oof. And if you so if you didn't, I can't imagine you didn't like that one. I mean, it's got so much Andrew in it. The the first one. It, yeah. See? The bad guy is a big, obvious bad guy. And he is just dripping with evil and malice and violence. Yeah, the, but he's the but he's, good guy is also a tough dude, and he's freaking Scottish. Yeah, and then they, he solves his problems with swords. I see. Uh, by all rights, it should be perfect. <laughs> it should be perfect. I don't, but. Like the the you villain. like Rob Roy. You were like you got to watch Rob Roy, and Rob I watched Roy it. It's great. And you were like, this is the best. I, Highlander and Rob Roy. I'm just saying, not that different. Very different. <laughs> They're one, not that different. One was made <laughs> with quality production value. The other <laughs> <Okay>. one <laughs> is was an ear sore. <laughs> An ear sore. Oh yeah, the the soundtrack's done by Queen. What an ear sore! No, 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 no. I I didn't. I wasn't talking about the soundtrack. The soundtrack. The songs are good. The audio mix was, and 
I will, I will say that could have easily been due to the fact that we were watching it on our on our oh yeah on our, our rinky dink little tv and he like picked it up off the sidewalk tv or oh, whatever my gosh yeah i don't even remember where that tv even came from um <laughs> so the the yeah, we we didn't exactly have a flat screen it, it was not an optimal viewing or listening experience. So maybe it, I should it was give coming, it another go. Yeah. Maybe I didn't give it another go. It's a, it's a dumb movie, but I love it. And, and I love the and mythos totally surrounding fine. it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it, you know, but I also am self-aware enough to go. Most of my friends aren't, aren't in for this for, you know, six to nine months out of their life. <laughs> right. It, that would take some doing. That would take some doing. So I'd have to be really, really convincing. Um, you know, this isn't exactly on topic, but, you know, probably one way to be sure that you are committing to a long run campaign is really to like almost over communicate about it in the beginning yeah, and really get everybody's input as to what it is they're they're trying to do. You know, when I was starting the patron game, once we once we had enough uh, patrons to run a right. campaign, you know, I sent everybody the Google form and I talked to them one on one. We, but I also made sure that I was doing something that I wanted to do. Yeah, and so I I basically had like five or six ideas that I just listed. And, and I put those in the form and I said, which one of these appeals to you? Right. And it was almost unanimous what they chose. And so that made it really clear. That made it really clear that this was going to be, you know, a Greek fantasy campaign, but not Theros mm. that that had dragons in it. And and I and I knew exactly which gods were going to be main features and you know, how each player was going to represent that. And so far it's been going really well. They're, they're very, very happy with, with what's going on. That's great. All all I'm really doing is, well, a, I'm trying my best and B um, I'm just doing what they asked for, Hmm. you know? And so that's like a win, win scenario. Yeah. But you know, when you want to do your experimental, you know, indie rock, <laughs> you know, version of Highlander your, game. Your your cockamamie idea. <laughs> okay, everyone, bear with me. But we're all in high school. Bear with me. All right, <laughs> hear me out. Hear, hear me, me out. out. <laughs> um, listen, it's My Little Pony. Hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> um, you know, that's good. That's good. One shot territory. You just. You just lead into everything with, all right, what I'm about to say to you, you will want to reject wholesale (laughs) right off the bat. So I'm just going to tell you right now, reject that instinct to reject (laughs) my idea that I'm going to tell you you right now. That you you're are gonna, gonna hate. hate this, but hang on, hang <laughs> on, hang on. I'm gonna try to convince you not to hate uh, it. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, you know, I got to give you a little bit of credit here 
because this oh. wasn't a one shot, but this was a short campaign. And uh, a friend of ours was running a campaign and it was and it was definitely not in the Andrew wheelhouse because his premise was you were all girls. Ah, and, yes, there was. Yeah, that. You, know, you know which one I'm talking about. Yes. And, and he said, you're all girls and you represent a certain archetype. Like and all the and most awful, like toxic, terrible types, stereotypes. And then like you were all like coming out of college. You're like on break from college and you were and it was basically like the hangover. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And by the way, I really like that game. For it the most was, part. It was really completely it. off the wall. It was completely off the wall. I liked it. Um, our characters were beyond wacky. And I think that's another thing that that worked about it being like a good quick campaign is that yep. we could tell these jokes and then they didn't get stale or we had to like, OK, but now it's been, uh, you know, three months. It's time for character development. Right. right? Like we didn't re- we really don't have to develop. We don't have to change. We can just, you know, my character started out as an unlikable piece of crap, and she ended the game an unlikable piece of crap. Right? But and but, uh, but two levels higher, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. She's so a more was, lethal, unlikable piece of crap. So uh, we were all, you know, likable in our despicability in our own ways. Oh, that's you true. Know? And that, yeah. that was great. Yeah. And I I think that takes me to, um, I guess, a, I, you know, I'll just run down what else is left in my list and we can talk about whichever ones we haven't really touched on yet. Because I think we've probably at least nudged a few of these already. Sure. Um, so I have five things that I came up with off the cuff that I think a good one shot should have one is an estimated time. However, you know, try to gauge roughly how long you think your one shot will be and, and use that as kind of a framework for how much you should prep. Um, yeah. Number two is a pre-accepted hook or a fast track to get, the players involved. And that's what we were talking about with the, uh, like running a convention game. Typically you want to drop your players right into the action in order to maximize the, their value for their time. So they don't waste time kind of just trying to look in every little corner to figure out what they're supposed to do. You just tell them straight up, here are your characters. This is what you're doing here you go, you know, roll some dice. Uh, One point of clarification I would just add in there, if I might, would be when you say, let's get right into the action, I think that doesn't necessarily mean the combat system, right? So, like, if, if investigation is part of it, we can do that right away, but we can skip right to the murder, right? Right. We show up, we show up and we see the body and the guy's like, you know, smoking a cigarette. And then he says, well, looks like another one. And right. then you do your do your search and investigation. And somebody says a pun 
and then we we cut to the intro sequence right, right? and that's and that's great so I, if it, if it's about investigation we're doing that if it's about uh, violence we're doing that if it's about horror we're doing that something like that so cor- correct basically have a well and this this goes we, we, you set to, tone you set tone immediately you set the tone immediately and, and you know these are the features here's what you're looking forward to have a defined idea of what the session is about that that kind of goes with what you were just saying like you know know what the game is supposed to do and know what your one shot is intended to do or showcase or whatever like you're saying with the with the murder investigation you know if that's what the game is about put them in it whatever whatever it is don't make them waste time having to find the having to find the fun right right Uh, right yeah let's let's get to it um we we just don't have time and then yeah you want to have just a quick easy structure right i think the magic number is three right so i like i like the easy the medium and then the boss yep and and then we're basically done and there's a, a couple of breaks for for some dialogue and role playing and moving the plot along. And I and I think that your players will forgive you for not writing Shakespeare here. Yeah. Right. You know, they, they kind of I think you have to go in understanding what it is that they signed up for, right. which is, you know, largely just a good time. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Um, and the last two points I've got are uh, and this this first one goes kind of close to um, or hand in hand with have an estimated time is have clear ending parameters, have a, you know, one, have a specific time that you are, you're like full stop. This is when we end. That's especially important if you're doing a convention game, because you literally have time slots. Um, but you might you, even work in like a in narrative mechanic that is like, hey, we're we're trying to stop a thing before the bomb goes off, but we don't really know what the timer says. Right. right. Or the, you know, the evil count is about to arrive. We have to get this done before he shows up. Right. You know, and oh, he showed up. OK, yeah. let's go. So you, you, you look at your you look at your clock and it says you've got 30 minutes left, like. Oh, yep. suddenly it's too late and he gets in. All yep. right. Now, now at least we're, we're wrapping up for, for a reason. It might also just be good advice to have a, okay, what's the backup plan just in case, you know, part a ended up taking twice as long as I thought it was going to. That's true. You know, what is, what is the, what is the get things moving or get wrapped up? Let's get to the meat kind of scenario. Like, right. Man, they're supposed to go to the warehouse and they're going to supposed to fight the orcs there. And then on one of the bodies of the orcs, they find a note and there's a drawing on the wall. OK, well, now the orcs showed up at your place. You fought them. You killed the guy. He had the note on him. That takes you to the warehouse. And now you're back on track. Right. Yeah. I mean, generally, if if time is a concern, have the things that they need 
in order to progress either be very easy to to find or just or just that they don't even have to find it like yeah you know any any time where the players could theoretically get stalled make sure you have a way to unstall it or don't allow for the stall in the first place you know because you're with a one shot you're setting up more of a kind of tour de force or highlights kind of thing like we're running you through an experience yeah where it's uh you think about it more like a standalone movie instead of a series or a a TV show or something episodic. It's like, this is the whole experience. So you want to make sure you can get it in. Um, And then my, my last thing is just to have um, make sure that you have clearly established any special rules that you have ahead of time. So if you're doing any kind of like a crazy gimmick or like in the case of uh, Strahd Must Die Tonight, one of the rules was that um, after four hours in real life, after four hours goes by, Strahd shows up no matter if we have found everything we're looking for or not. Wherever we're at, he shows up and the fight is on. So were, were you guys able to like create your own characters for this, by the way? Yeah, we did. So did you guys just like counterpick him? Like, cause he, you guys had all played the game, right? So did you just like go in with like a devotion paladin and just body slam him? Um, uh, <laughs> like half and half. Cause I know you didn't really, you were just like, Oh, I want to play this character. And like, I've been wanting to play this character. So I'm going to play him kind of regardless right sure but but i did some of the others go here's how do you counter strad basically no we all kind of did we were like okay oh okay we're we're going into this like expressly to kick strad's butt so like given that that's entirely the point of the whole thing we we did kind of target our builds because you know it is a one shot. He's, you know, yeah. Dragna told us, you know, you can pick to play on easy, medium, hard. You know, what what level do you guys want to come in and at? You know, yada, yada, yada. So we knowing what we knew about Strahd, we did try to build our characters in such a way where we could at least deal with some of the things. And we also were a party of five level 10 characters, which uh, Curse of Strahd, I think, is intended to go up to level 10 or level 11. So like. So if you were like a party of level 11s, it would be not necessarily easy, but the easiest possible. Yeah. And way I mean, to kind of approach it yeah there are there are ways um i mean strad has some tools at his disposal that are well that's fine we don't want to get too far into that but yeah like it was it's cool that you got to make builds like 
that's another point, actually, like another good reason why you might run a one shot is because people just want to play with builds. Right. Yep. And and it can be hard when you commit to a character for a year. Yeah. Like, man, I just picked up Tasha's, but I made my character a month ago. Right. Yeah. Like now I really want to do a wild barbarian and I'm just <laughs> not going to get the chance, frankly. Yeah. Right. It's nice to get together and just say, OK, everybody, this is about optimization. Let's do that. Right. This is about playing something good. So no gloom stalkers, no moon druids, you know, uh, you get way of four elements monk (laughs) and and mastermind rogue and just the worst stuff I can think of. Right. And and you just that, that could be fun. That could be a fun like, okay, C C tier and below. That's what those are your choices. There you go. That could be a fun game. Yeah. I mean, it's one shots are also a great place to explore like gimmicks. You know, yeah, you, gimmicks, you always yeah. hear people, you know, spitball the idea of like, oh, hey, you know, what if we played like a band where all the like characters all bards. were bards or, yeah. you know, you go all clerics or, you know, right. any any like single class party or make single race or. Yeah. Yeah, or just okay. Everybody has to take you know the actor feet. I don't know. Sure, like, whatever it I is. I do one yeah. where it's just nothing. But I do like gimmicks though. Like I do tavern brawler. It, even in campaigns I commit to, I I like um, these sort of unifying gimmicks. Oh sure. Um, this was not a one shot, but it was you know a short campaign and it shared a lot of things. Similarly, you know, one of our favorite games we've ever had in our group has been the Goblin game. Oh, the Goblin game. Yeah, Andrew's Goblin game, where the the gimmick was everybody makes a goblin and everybody's stupid. And it's fun to run around and follow the quest line for the worst, dumbest reasons. (laughs) And to... (laughs) And to like, as players know what the right approach is, and then to intentionally not do that. Right. And try to not do that in like the most spectacular fashion. Yeah. (laughs) While also staying alive, but also, you know, hilarity must ensue. It will. Yeah. And if not, what are you even doing here? Right. What it's it's goblins have missed the point. Okay, don't don't try to write Shakespeare here. Right. In fact, please don't write Shakespeare. And we all had like stupid, ridiculous, psychotic, you know, just wonderful ideas, you know, Oh, for, for our characters. It was a good time. They were they were something else for sure. I they mean, we're a colorful bunch. That's I mean, that's why I made gut shank just because like I was like, man, I want to do that. yeah yeah when you run a campaign you're like i want to be in this campaign um yeah yeah, absolutely so that's that's been a big favorite ever since and it's like yeah short campaigns i i like short campaigns like not to make that into a mini topic but you know if there is such a thing as is doing something between the one shot and the and the two-year campaign right and that's yeah Hey, this thing's going to run for six sessions and we're done. I yeah. I love that because we really get to to spend some time, but also we 
you know, it, we have a definitive end. Yeah. I, and that's nice too. I think I may try kind of, um, adopting that more because I, I gotta say like with running Strahd, um, I definitely am at the point now where I am comfortable running a game. Um, but also, you know, having, having a campaign that's just running for, you know, months and months and months and months on end can, it, it can, it can get samey or it can get exhausting, you know, especially given the, um, you know, over the course of a year, you imagine the different kinds of just real life stuff that most has changed in your life. And yeah, yeah. all this, a lot can happen over the course of a year and how you feel at the beginning of a campaign when you're just starting to run it and how you feel about things a year later can be drastically different. Um, So running something smaller where it's like, I could do this for a month or two. Um, definitely has this feeling of being much more manageable. And we also did this for our patrons slash friends of the podcast. You know, when we started out before I started the, the official patron game, Mm -hmm. I did a short dragon age game and it was six episodes essentially. And it was during like one of my breaks. I think it was fall break or something. Right. And, and so it was, I had two weeks off. I took three days out of each week to, to run the game. And that ended up being a lot, but I think everybody really enjoyed it. I think they enjoyed it too. Yeah. And, it, I, and I think it was like enough for them to have gotten their taste, mm. but not so long as to have the opportunity to get into a lot of party drama. Sure. And, and that is also frankly, and unfortunately one benefit of the short campaign slash one shot. Right. We, we can avoid that. So, um, yeah, right on. Well, that's, that's all I've got for, uh, for my topic. Is there anything that you would add? No, I think, I think we've, I think we've got it. And if we go too long, are we missing our own point? <laughs> you know, that's um, true. That's true. And uh, brevity, as they say, is the soul of wit. So goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I think that'll that'll do it for tonight. But uh, I think so. You know, just another quick thank you to our patrons who we named at the beginning of the show. Um, They are the reason that this show is able to keep going. And we would love it if any of you out there who are listening, who uh, find that you get some value out of the show, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and help support the show. If you feel so inclined, you can support us at the one, five or $20 level. And if you do support us at the $20 level, as well as the other cool things that you'll have access to, you will also get access to being able to play in a game with Adam. But if you support us at the lower tiers, you will still get access to all kinds of other cool stuff. 
the main thing of which is access to our private uh, Discord community, which is a lot of fun and yeah, a lot of good people um, constantly sharing ideas. And it's it's a really great group of folks to um, spend some quality time with. And apart from that, if you would like to connect with us or check out our website itself, head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com. And there you can find our episodes as well as three buttons near the top of the page that will take you to our Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon, respectively. Um, And that's all the housekeeping stuff I've got. Uh, And um, our parting thought, I guess I would just say, try giving a one shot a shot. Try doing something interesting, maybe off the wall. Think of an idea that maybe you'd like to give a go at without having to commit a large amount of time and just run it for an evening. Take a crack at it. See what you think and use one shots as a way to maybe be a palate cleanser in between big sessions or just a way to give your GM a break or to try something out for yourself or to help a friend try something out. Maybe they want to try playing that new build from Tasha's and they need a venue to do it. Maybe you take an evening off from your regular campaign and let everybody try playing something new. Um, just step outside your comfort zone and try a uh, try a fun size game. Might be a way to go. And all that having been said, until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye. Bye.